Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 2. We want to continue with this uh, that I've been, we've been looking at, honor for the things of God. And um, this, is, uh, this is so important. This is a, a revelation that I caught some number of years ago. And uh, honor for the things of God. This is so important. Hallelujah. And uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2, now to give you the background on those, this story, uh, Eli's sons, uh, the high priest Eli, his sons, Hophni and Phinehas, they were uh, uh, not treating the things of God correctly. They were not treating them with honor. And the Lord sent a prophet to Eli. And uh, we pick up here uh, in verse 29. And he says, wherefore do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering, which I've commanded in my habitation? Notice this. And you honor your sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, be it far from me. Now we got to stop right there for a moment and, and look at that. Because what, what are we seeing here? Is he saying that the things that God says are conditional? Yes. I said, your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now, the Lord says, be it far from me. Why? For them that honor me, I will honor. Now, what was the problem? If you look at verse 29, you honor your sons above me. In other words, you care what they think more than you care what I think. Remember Eli, a couple, uh, a chapter or so before this, the first, uh, first part of the, uh, last part of the first chapter, he told his sons, he said, hey, what y'all are doing is not right. But he made no changes. Is that right? He didn't change anything. He just let them keep doing what they were doing. And the man of God came and said, you honor your sons above me. And then he said, this is not going to happen. Why? Because those who honor me, I will honor. So we ask the question often, who does God honor? Those that honor him. So the honor from God is found in the honor for God. If I want God to honor me and my things, I have to honor God and his things. If I want God to honor my endeavors, I've got to honor his endeavors. Look, look, look at the book of Malachi, chapter 1. Oh, hallelujah. Malachi, chapter 1, and verse 6. A son honors his father, or should, and a servant his master. 
Now, there, there's a lot there I don't have time to teach on. Notice it didn't say they agree with them. It said they honor them. Uh, see, when you get quiet, that means I need to teach there for a minute. A son honors, not agrees, his father. Right? In, in other words, well, why, why should my father, why should I honor my father? Why should he carry weight with me if I disagree with him? Well, number one is what the word says to do. Right. Number two, you wouldn't be here without him. Amen. You understand? Well, that, I just can't honor my father. He gave you life. You can honor him. Amen. For that, if for nothing else, for that. Do you see that? And a servant, wait a minute, an employee, his boss. Is that right? And he uses here a servant and a master. So this guy's probably not even getting paid. And he says, you should honor your master. You know why a lot of people don't succeed on their job and prosper on their job? No honor for the person they work for. You, you can't talk dishonorable about your boss and expect to get a raise. Those that honor me, I'll honor. When you honor the things of God, you're honoring God. Amen. Yeah, but they don't treat me right. It doesn't say honor them if they treat you right. Amen. It's the principle of honor. Hallelujah. I've had people tell me, if, if, if your dad had treated you the way mine did, you wouldn't honor him. Well, now, you don't know that. And that might be true. But even if it is, it doesn't change what this says. Amen. Remember, I wrote the book, Refusing the Care, and I taught on that for a number of weeks. And I told you how people would come to me, and they'd say, it's, 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 I, I, just can't, I just can't live life without worrying. It's impossible to live without worrying. Well, number one, Jesus said it was. And he wouldn't have told you not to worry about even one thing if it wasn't possible. Amen. Amen. And see, it doesn't matter if I worry. Jesus told us not to. That's right. Amen. So he says a son honors his father. Is God our father? Yes. I say, is God our father? Yes. So... Our job is to honor him. Notice, if I'm a father, where's my honor? I wrote in my Bible, that question will never be asked in my life or in my ministry. It'll never be asked. If I'm a father, where is my honor? If I'm a master, where is my respect or where is my honor? And you say, wherein have we despised your name? So we keep asking the question, who does God honor? Those that honor him. Hallelujah. God honors those that honor him. And, and he lightly esteems or places little stock in those that despise or disesteem him or his things or his plans. Or his plans. Ephesians 2.10 says everybody has a plan of God for their life that was foreordained, predestined, made ready for them to live in. And there are people you know that are, are walking a million miles from the plan of God for their life because they don't honor it. 
if you don't honor the plan, you can't walk in the plan. Oh, hallelujah. To despise or disesteem God's plans or God's purpose for our lives is to dishonor God. To take it lightly. Are you with me? I've, I've, I've had people over the years, they'll come and say, you know, the Lord's been dealing with, I'll use this for an illustration. The Lord's been dealing with me to come to Bible school. Now, wait a minute. You just said something. The Lord is dealing with you. The Lord told me. The Lord dealt with me. And you haven't done it. Why? If you know the Lord's asking, you know the Lord's directing, and you don't do it, it equates to dishonor. I know what you're saying, but I got other things going on. And when I get ready to honor you, then when I got time, I'll do what you're asking. Maybe not. It might not be there. Amen. I remember I was getting off the elevator in Fullerton, California with my pastor one year. And we were there for a meeting. And uh, we were talking about some things. We were talking about these kind of things, being in the plan of God. And I made the statement that I've heard over the years, and it's a right statement. I said, you know, I'd rather be a little behind God than too far ahead. And that's true. But my pastor made a statement. He said, unless you get too far behind, then you'll just get somebody else. Boy, that stuck with me. That imprinted my spirit. Because God has a plan. I want your plan. Every day of the world, I tell the Lord, I receive your plan for my life. I receive your plan by faith. I receive your plan, sight, nothing wavering. I receive your plan, sight unseen. I want your plan. Hallelujah. So when I despise that, it dishonors God. You know, we live in a society where nobody stops. Amen. You remember, now some of y'all aren't old enough to remember this, but you know, we used to have only like a, uh, a 10, 12 hour broadcast day on television. You know, 10.30, 11 o'clock, 11.30, You'd turn the TV on and you'd, and you'd see the test signal or a flag saying our broadcast day will begin tomorrow at 6 a.m. or whatever it was. Amen. You could listen to the radio some all night, but even those signals would go in and out. Now we got a 24-hour cycle, 24-hour news, 24-hour junk, right? 24-hour music, 24-hour cooking. Who in the world has time to watch a cooking channel? You, you understand? Now, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not running down TV per se as much as I am to say people, people divvy up their time based on what they want, based on what they've got to do, based on their responsibilities, not based on God's plan. And when they run into somebody that bases their life based on God's plan, that person is unusual to them. 
they're weird. Because, because, because their time is allotted for the things that God's asking. The Lord told a minister one time, he said, the more important your time becomes to me, the more I'll help you redeem it. When your time becomes important to God, God will help you redeem it. But when your time is filled with your stuff and your job and your responsibilities and what you want to do, how can God help you redeem it? None of your time's for him. Amen. Well, you know how it is, Pastor. You, you know how it is. You know, we got to work and, and then the kids got to go to uh, uh, soccer and the kids got to go here and the kids got to go there. And, the, and right? I, I understand that. I mean, we all have life. But at what point do we make a decision and say, I'm going to esteem the things of God? Amen. I, I'm going to say something. And if you get mad at me, you'll just have to get happy in the same pants you got mad in. Right. When, when we do things like taking our kids to a basketball game on Wednesday night, and we know there's an event for them at the church, we're telling them this is more important than God. And then when you stand up in the house as the father or the mother and you want to try to tell your kids to honor God and you've been teaching them to dishonor God, don't be surprised when they don't pay attention to you. Amen. I want my wife to respect me. Well, how, how often do you bring honor for the things of God into your home? Amen. You, you got to be, um, um, you understand? And, and, and I want to preach this right because, because you can go too far one way. God wants you to have a life, but God wants to be at the center of your life. I have a five-year-old. All right? I don't know how long it's been since you had a five-year-old. They are involved in everything. We, uh, yeah, we got, man, we got dance on Monday. We got piano lessons on Tuesday. Right? She's going to a birthday party at a trampoline park and you got to go. Right? Are you following me? But when it comes to Wednesday, you're not going anywhere. Why? It's church. Yeah, but everybody else is going. I don't care. That's not the issue. The issue is not, is everybody else doing it? The issue is, what are we going to do? You understand? In order for my time to be important to God, it's got to be devoted to the things of God. Amen. Amen. You know, things like anointings and callings, they're wonderful. But if you persist in dishonor, they won't keep you. Because I can be... These, these, Eli was called... He was anointed to be the priest. And God said, I wanted this to go out perpetually through your generations. And he said, but it's not now because of the dishonor. Amen. Now, in order for my time to be important to God, it has to be devoted to the things of God. How is honor displayed? Disregard. Number one, disregard. That word uh, disregard, it means to omit, to take notice of, to neglect, to observe, or to look at as unworthy, to slight. Amen. Let's look at Genesis 25. 
I guess you want me to keep going. Hallelujah. Uh, Genesis 25, verse 30. Now, we're, we're going to look at this from the, the New Testament as well. But this is the account of Jacob and Esau. And, and I always start this off by saying this, that, that, you know, over the years, Jacob has got a bad rap. And, and I'll explain why. Because people will preach about Jacob, and they'll say, Jacob was a mama's boy. Jacob was a conniver. He was a liar. He was a slickster. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say that. When we get done here today, you'll see that one honored the things of God and one didn't. I've heard people say, yeah, Jacob was a mama's boy based on the fact that it says Esau was a man in the field and Jacob was a plain man living in tents. Look at that word plain man in the Hebrew. It means this, a man with no moral or physical defect. A, a good man. Well, he was a supplanter. You know what supplanter means? One who trips somebody else up. Doesn't mean liar, trickster, deceitful. Esau said, isn't his name right? He's tripped me up twice. Well, wait a minute. In order to be tripped up, he had to want to do it. If you're tempted to do something, but you're determined to honor God, that temptation won't trip you up. Because I'm going to honor God. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 30. Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray you, with that same red pottage. I'm faint. For Therefore, his name was called Edom or red. And Jacob said, notice, show me this day your birthright. Now, show me the trick there. There is no trick. He said, straight up, sell me your birthright. The, the right of the firstborn. That's what it was. The right of the firstborn, the double portion. God instituted this. God said the right of the firstborn was to get double. And to be the leader of the family after the patriarch passed away. Right? He said, sell me your birthright. And Esau said, I'm at the point to die. And what profit? Shall this birthright do to me? Now notice, we're, we're, we're seeing uh, an indicator here. He's thinking about it. Amen. In other words, watch. What I want is more important than this. Right. I'm about to die. What profit is this birthright to me? Is that right? Jacob said, notice, swear to me this day. Watch. And he swore to him. And sold, now wait a minute, Jacob took it. What? Jacob tricked him. Jacob deceived him. He sold it. For what? Bowl of lentils. Is that right? What did he sell? His birthright. The right of the firstborn. Who gave it to him? Who gave him that right? God. 
So God had set him up to get double and to be the leader of that family. And he comes in hungry and he says, my hunger is more important than what God gave me. Hallelujah. Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils and he ate and drank and rose up and went his way. Notice this. Thus Esau despised his birthright. He considered it unimportant. Hallelujah. How important are my things to God? As important as His things are to me. If my things aren't important, if His things aren't important to me, my things aren't important to Him. But pastor, God's love, He is. God's mercy, He is. God's forgiveness, He is. But He can't change. God cannot violate a part of His nature and emphasize another part of His nature. Hallelujah. So notice, He disregarded it. See, this wasn't just about things. It was about the plan of God for Esau's life. This is what I want you to do. Everything that God gives you is God helping you fulfill the plan of God for your life. It was about the plan. It was about the plan for his life. It wasn't just about things. And notice, he despised it. And notice, he walked off. His words didn't mean anything to him. And what he did meant nothing to him. He walked off just assuming that none of that meant anything. If you don't honor what you say, you won't honor what God said. Amen. This is, this is, this is crucial. Look at Hebrews 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16. Notice what it says. Notice how the New Testament, this is New Testament, right? Hebrews, New Testament. Verse 16, lest there be any fornicator. Now, how was Esau a fornicator? He proved before he ever sold his birthright that he had no honor for the things of God. He went to a foreign nation and went to the, went to the Moabites and took a wives of a nation that God said, don't marry into. But he didn't care what God thought. A fornicator or a profane person, mm, as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. He was rejected. Thought it was his. That was God's plan. He was the firstborn, but he was rejected. Why? For though he found no place of repentance, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully, not repentance, the birthright with tears, the blessing with tears, 
He didn't seek repentance. Not one time in the book of Genesis do you see him repent. What should he have repented for? I took lightly what you gave me. It didn't mean anything to me. He never did that. He cried over not getting the blessing. But it's too late. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Now, Esau made small, insignificant what God had given him and asked him to do. And he started thinking about what he had lost and he was moved to tears, but it's too late because of his disregard. You, you can't just consistently act like the things of God and what God has asked a person to do like it doesn't mean anything and, and then just think, I'm going to come pick it up. Remember what we taught about Samson? How he disregarded the anointing? He made light of it? Oh, I'll go out like other times. And it says, but he didn't know the Spirit of the Lord had departed from him. Well, well why? Because he dishonored, he disregarded what God said. Don't cut your hair, Jeremy. Don't, don't, don't cut your hair. Don't, don't uh, uh, have strong drink. Don't touch a dead body. And when you read through the book of Judges, he did all those things. No regard for what God asked him to do. And then when he really needed it, he couldn't access it. Oh, hallelujah. Now, I thank God. God, God helps us in our failures. He's merciful. Right? But the Bible says to you and I concerning grace, he said this. He said, he said that we, we don't want to treat grace like it's always just going to be there whenever we want it. Don't abuse the grace of God. You know what he told the Galatian church? He said, don't abuse it. Now notice this in uh, Genesis 28. The, uh, the Woost Bible there in Hebrews chapter 12 says that he was disqualified. What does that mean? Uh, to be disqualified means you once qualified. Is that right? So he was disqualified. Genesis 28, verse 20. Let's look at this. Am I helping you? This is after Jacob had left his uh, mother and father, Isaac and Rebekah, and he's on his way to Laban's house. And notice what he says. Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I go and give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, I will come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone that I've set for a pillar will be God's house, and all that you shall give me, I'll give the tenth unto you. So notice that. The difference between Jacob and Esau was their honor for the things of God. The, the birthright meant something to Jacob. It meant nothing to Esau. The blessing meant something to Jacob. It meant nothing to Esau. Part of the birthright was the blessing. If you sell the birthright, you sell the blessing. Amen. You understand? 
And people will say, well, Jacob stole the birthright or stole the blessing. No, he didn't because he had the birthright. He went about it wrong. But it belonged to him. It was his. Because Esau had sold it. Nobody knew Esau had sold it, but Esau and Jacob. And Esau responded the same way a lot of people respond. Well, you know, God said, and I received a word. Well, where have you been? Well, God said that this was going to happen. I was talking to the praise team today, and I was uh, asking them to, to give me some testimonies and tell me what God was doing. And we just went around the room, and healings, and victories, and, and physical miracles, and spiritual things that God's doing. But here's the common denominator. Every person that was there, I see them going after the things of God. Amen. There was nobody in that room that's hit or miss. Why? Because who does God honor? Amen. And, and I hear people say things today like, well, you know, the kids. Listen, listen. I drug either four or five kids to, with us to church every time we went. And we lined them across the front row. Well, did they wiggle? They're kids. What do you think? They wiggled, they wriggled, they cried. They made other noises that we're not going to talk about. <laughs> Amen. More than once I gathered more than one of them up and took them outside in the hallway and you could hear that we were having good fellowship. <laughs> Amen. My hand was fellowshipping with their hind end. Now, 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 now you, you understand? That didn't happen to have, have to happen a lot. But here's, here's my point. But I hear people say, well, you know, we got the kids and it's just too hard. Too hard for who? Too difficult for who? Are you teaching them to honor God? Or teaching them that really it's okay that I'm at home on Sunday morning watching cartoons? And, and, and listen to me when I say this. Am I helping you all? Listen to me when I say this. Just, just because God has done something great for somebody doesn't mean they're going to honor Him. Amen. I was praying. Uh, I do do that. I was praying. And uh, the Lord said to me one time about a miraculous thing that I had seen. And uh, uh, it, it, it was in, in my family, in a member in my family. And the Lord said to me, he said, you have to consistently give me the glory for that because nobody else is. And every time I think about it, I think, Lord, you did that. I give you the honor and you the glory. The more God has done for you, the more we should see you. The more God has done in your life and in your family's life, the more we should see your family involved in the things of God. Why? Because God has done things for people in here that only God could do. God's the only one that could do it. So why would we act like that it just happened? That it would have just occurred? Amen. Every time I look at Pastor Ron, I rejoice because I know where he was at one time in his life and that didn't just happen. Oh, glory to God. Amen. I heard Kevin's testimony today. That didn't just happen. 
You don't go from this level at the doctor that is a bad level to this level, totally healed, no sign of it in your body. That doesn't just happen. So when you see him on the drums and he's smiling and laughing and glorifying God, there's a reason. Because I wouldn't be here. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do, do you see that? Remember what Jesus said? He healed 10 lepers and they all went to show themselves to the priest. And what's it say about the one? One was a Samaritan. Well, what did that mean? Samaritan can't go to the priest. Not allowed. So he returned. Now, wait a minute. Think about this. Why did Jesus tell them to go show themselves to the priest? They were healed. Who healed them? No, no, who healed them? Oh, help me out, help me out. No, Jesus healed them. Who healed them? Help me out. Who healed them? Jesus. Who healed them? Jesus. Right? Well, he told them to go to the priest. Couldn't they have went to the priest after they worshiped him? Couldn't they have went to the priest after they returned the thanksgiving that was due the one that healed them? And it says all 10 of them took off and one turned around. One, one turned around and came back and got on his knees before Jesus. And what Jesus said, watch, watch, what Jesus said. Did he say, boy, isn't this great? Isn't this wonderful? He said, where's the other nine? How is it that none of them came back to thank me except this, watch, stranger? The one that didn't have a covenant of healing, but I healed him anyway. He came back to give me the thanks. He came back to give me the glory. He came back to honor me. If God has done anything for you at all, he gets the honor. And there's no price that's too big. If God saved you, giving him Sunday is no big deal. If God healed you, giving him Wednesday is no big deal. Yeah, but you know, our time, your time, you wouldn't have no time. You'd be out of time. Hallelujah. There are people in your life would be dead. They would not be on this planet if God hadn't healed them and set them free and turned their lives around. It's important. I say it's important. There are marriages that wouldn't be together right now. Your marriage would be have disintegrated. You wouldn't have a wife. You wouldn't have a husband. But God put you together and turned that thing around. Who's God honored? Hallelujah. There are people you know and I know, the doctor said, nothing we can do. Go home and die. And God healed you. God delivered your life. Amen. Well, if, if you're here tonight, <laughs> we'll minister some on it. The, 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 the Bible talks about, listen, the, the, every time I think about that, about what God's done in our lives and what God's done in the lives of people. I think that there's nothing that he can ask. How do you put a price on that? How do you put a price on the life of your loved one? 
How do you put a price on your eternal soul? How do you put a price on your family that God has restored and brought out? How do you put a price on the fact that He brought you out of debt and blessed you and set you on high and made your name great? How do you put a price on that? There's nothing, no nothing, nothing, nothing. Help me say, say nothing. There's nothing that I won't give God after what He's done for me. Amen. The, the, the Bible says that in the, in the book of 2 Chronicles that you remember the Lord healed Hezekiah. And it said that the prophet came to him and said there's going to be trouble in your days. And it says why? It says because Hezekiah didn't return to God the proper praise for the miracle he had produced in his life. You remember the story? What did he do? He came to him and said, set your house in order. The Lord says, you're going to die. Now, wait a minute. If the Lord says you're going to die, ship your saddle home. It's over. Right? But what Hezekiah do? He turned his face to the wall. He began to intercede. He began to pray. He began to glorify God. He began to tell God about all that he had done in his name. And before Isaiah got out of the, out of the, out of the, out of the front yard, he said, you turn around, tell him I've given him 15 more years. Is that right? And the Bible says, Hezekiah did not return to God the honor and the glory that was commiserate with what God had done for him. Have we given him glory enough for what he's done for us? Can we ever glorify him enough for where he's brought us from or what he's done in our family? Every time you look at that person that God healed, it ought to bring you to your knees that God did that. There was no hope, but God did that. There was no way around that, but every time you pull up to that house that God gave you, that you didn't qualify for, that you had no way of getting, but God did it. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to call to remembrance those days when we, when, when, when a lot of times we couldn't get to church because our car wouldn't get there. I didn't have gas to put in it. And now I go out there and I'm getting in a new car. And I got plenty of money. I say plenty of money. That, that, should, that should make me stop in that car and say, Father, I think you did this. Father, you, you, you did this. Hallelujah. Am I helping you? Glory to God. See, the difference is how you honor the things of God. Amen. How you honor the things of God. When you go to the doctor and the doctor says it's over, then we can do. And yet you're here. Hallelujah. Amen. I've got people in the sound of my voice. When we, when we faced the pandemic, you went to death's door. Are you following me? I mean, it wasn't just a little challenge. It was just one more step and you'd have been there. And God brought you out. God preserved you. God healed you. God brought you out of that. 
Oh, hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and thank our good God. Let's thank our good God. Father, thank you. Thank you for healing us. Thank you for delivering us. Thank you for saving us. Oh, hallelujah. See? See, there's, there's, there's no place then to ever say, I don't have time for you. I don't have time to do what you're asking me to do. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do, 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 do you hear me? I have family say, look at, look at the family God's given me. Where are they? Where are they at? Why aren't they in church with you? Now, if they're adults, that's one thing. But if you've got little kids, why aren't they here? God's done all that for you. Don't you want them to know it? Don't you want them to give God glory? You want them to keep thinking that they did all that. That that just happened. How are you going to explain to them in a few years that God did a miraculous thing and God did a creative miracle, but you hadn't been to church in six months? See, the things of God have to carry weight with me. You know one thing that keeps me that keeps me honoring God? Every time I look at my wife, every time I look at her, I hear her testimony, I think, God, this is the person I love the most in the world, and you did for her what nobody else could have done. If you hadn't delivered her, she would be dead. I would have never met her. I wouldn't have the life or the ministry that I have today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. That, that's, that's how you, the things that God delivered you out of. Things that other people lost everything trying to fix. And God brought you out on the plus side. And God brought you out on the bonus. There are th people that went through things you went through and they lost their mind. But you were there with the joy of the Lord and the peace of God. And you came out better than you went in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. And, and here's the thing. Am I helping you? When you honor God and you get around people that don't, you know it. Because there's no honor for God in that situation. You understand? Your job is honor God. Honor God. Say out loud, honor God. And honor His things. Amen. Hallelujah. I'd rather go through a tough time with somebody that honors God than to have, than to have smooth sailing with somebody that doesn't care what God thinks. I care what God thinks. Matters to me. I say it matters to me. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I, I look around the room. I look back at Daryl. You know, we almost lost Daryl twice. Amen. You're, you're just sitting there minding your, own one, your business one day and your heart basically explodes. And is that right, Daryl? Basically just fell apart, but God delivered him. God healed him. And, and, and then the surgeon that did the work messed the thing up and almost killed him again. But God delivered him and God set him free. Amen. And, and then you wonder why he and Yolanda are at, are at everything? 
Why is he always here? Women's meeting, men's meeting, kids meeting. Why is he always there? Because he realizes every time his heart beats, it was God that has put that heart in his, oh glory to God. It's God that did that. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you see that? Woo. Glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. Do, do you see that? You, you go after the things of God. You go after the things of God. When, when the things of God carry weight, then my things carry weight. Look, look, look here in the book of Acts, chapter 1. Oh, hallelujah. Uh-huh. Say it out loud. All the glory. All the glory. Say it one more time. All the glory, All the glory. Goes, to goes to our good God. Oh, hallelujah. Acts chapter 1, verse 15. And uh, it says, in those days, they were in the upper room. Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said the number of names together were about 120. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spoke before concerning Judas. So notice we're talking about Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. Now notice this. He was numbered with us. And had obtained part of this ministry. The Weast Bible says received his portion of this ministry. Well, this ministry. Which this ministry is he talking about? The ministry of Jesus Christ. Right. Now notice. He had received it. Have you, have you ever thought about the fact that, that the Bible tells us that Judas was stealing from Jesus' ministry all those years and Jesus never confronted him. He never one time rebuked him. And people say, well, well you, you know, well, well, why was that? Honor's between you and God. If he has no more honor for the things of God than to steal from Jesus, how are you going to steal from Jesus? It's like Anthony says when he's talking about Jesus being left behind. How do you, how you forget Jesus? <laughs> I don't know. Hallelujah. But here's the thing. He had received part of that ministry. When Jesus, the book of Luke, he was up in the mountain praying all night about who should be his disciples. The Bible says he came down and chose 12. Chose them. And Judas was in them. He chose Judas. It wasn't a lottery. He just happened to pick his name. He chose him. He chose him. And now notice. Oh, hallelujah. There was a specific ministry that Jesus had assigned to him. Verse 20. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein. And his bishopric, or his office, watch, let another take. So he had a place he was supposed to be and an office he was supposed to be in. 
It's important. Because notice, did, now you don't have to answer this, just think about it. Did Judas give any thought to what he could lose? See, who's got honor? Hallelujah. Judas could have been in the upper room. He could have been right there among the 120, receiving the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Judas could have lived out his days. Instead, you know what we hear about him? He went and hung himself. And his bowels gushed out when he hit the ground. That's what we hear. You know, that's not a threat. It's just that's where he ended up. Not he gave his life for Jesus. Not he was martyred for the gospel. His guilt and shame drove him to hang himself. Mm. But notice, go to John 12. This disregard was a pattern with Judas. It was a pattern. Remember we're talking about how steps to dishonor? Disregard. To disregard. The prefix dis, to move away from regard. Regard for what? Regard for what that person says. Regard for what that person thinks. John chapter 12, verse 3. This is when Jesus was at uh, this uh, banquet. Verse 3, Mary took a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, about $40,000, and anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said not because he cared for the poor. He was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. Hallelujah. Uh, who's she doing this for? Who'd she pour this on? Jesus. Who? Jesus. The Master. Our Lord. Our Savior. Is that right? So who'd she pour it on? And what did Judas say? This waste. Why'd she waste this? Who'd she pour it on? Oh, help me. Who'd she pour it on? Is there anything that you do for Jesus that's a waste? He said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, when you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things will be added to you. Is that right? Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, any man that gives up all these things for my sake, for my sake, and the Gospels will receive a hundredfold now in this lifetime. So when you sacrifice, we call it a sacrifice. When we sacrifice for Jesus, for Jesus, that means my mind shouldn't be on what I could be doing. It needs to be on what I'm doing for Jesus. Amen. Instead of figuring out how I can get more time for my stuff, I need to be figuring out how I can get more time for His stuff. 
Hallelujah. In Matthew 26, 8, you can write that down. They called this a waste. The Weast Bible says they called it a dead loss. <laughs> this dead loss. That was something done for the master. And yet he called it a dead loss. That, that gives us insight into why Judas had no regard for his office. He had no honor for the things of God. If it had been given to him, he would have been happy. Amen. Your honor for God can be seen in how you react when somebody else gets blessed. Right? right? If, 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 they, if she'd have given this to Judas, he'd have been happy. Oh, glory to God, look at the favor of God on me. The fog has rolled in. I'm a favor magnet. Right? But it happened to Jesus. Dead loss. Waste. Amen. Glory to God. Well, Pastor, I, I need a, I, I, you know, I need a new car. And, and you know, I'm at church and, 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 and I need all these things. And so-and-so pulled up and got a new car. And they hadn't been coming to church as long as I have. You, you are... Hurting yourself because you're dishonoring what God did for that person. Amen. In other words, they don't need it as bad as I do. They don't deserve it like I deserve it. Huh. Amen. Who's God honor? The honor from God is found in the honor for God. Oh, hallelujah. Judas traveled and ministered with Jesus, yet he never came to esteem his ministry. See, that's what I'm saying. You, how many miracles do you think Judas saw? How many healings? The, the Bible tells us on at least, at least three occasions that there were multitudes, and the multitude in the Greek language means an innumerable amount. They couldn't count them. There were so many people. And in at least three occasions, it says everybody in that multitude was healed. He healed them all. And Judas saw it. Amen. What does that mean? Just because you've seen a miracle doesn't mean you'll honor God. Amen. Amen. Countless blind eyes open. He saw the feeding of the 5,000. He saw the feeding of the 4,000. He watched Jesus walk on water. He watched demons be cast out with his word. Right? He was part of the 12 that was commissioned to go to cities and told to heal all the sick that were there. And they came back and had healed all the sick. In the city. Not at a meeting. In the city. They went into the city and healed all the sick. Amen. Well, how do we know that? Because what the 70 come back? Jesus said, told the 70, go into the city, wherever I send you, and heal all the sick that are there, and cast out the devils. And they came back, and what they say? Lord, even the devils are subject to us in your name. What does that mean? 
It means in good grammar, everything you said and told us to do, we did, and even the devils are subject to us. So that means they went into that city and healed all the sick that were there. A whole city got healed. Hmm. And Judas said, this is a waste. And he did that. You understand? This dishonor has a trickle-down effect because it affects every generation. If I show a disregard for the things of God, my children are going to show a disregard for the things of God. If my children show a disregard for the things of God, my grandchildren will show a disregard for the things of God. Amen. That's sobering. Because right now, right now, we're in a fight for our families in this world. Amen. We, we got to have families and parents and fathers and mothers that honor God like we've never honored God before. Because we're, we're in the middle of it. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, I'll send my child to Christian school. Sending your child to Christian school is no substitute for you honoring God. You don't, you don't ask your children if they want to come to church. You bring them to church. Amen. You load them up and bring them to church. Yes. Well, they don't want to go there for. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is important. Do you know right now in society, there are more grandparents raising children than ever before? That's, that's a fact. That's a fact. There are more grandparents raising grandchildren as their own children than ever before. Amen. So even grandparents, we, we, we have to teach our families to honor God. Amen. Amen. Do you see that? Well, honey, God, God healed you. God brought us out. God did this for our family. Daddy, why aren't we in church? How you, what are you going to say? <laughs> honey, God, God saved us. God, did the, God healed us. God blessed us. Then, Daddy, why are we watching those things that use God's name in vain. If God is so good to us, why are we watching them say, God damn a thing or another? This is important. Because that's not honoring to God. God's not the damner. God's the deliverer. God's the, the healer. See, this can be challenging, but it's freeing. But, but nobody can do that except me. Hallelujah. Now notice, let me hurry, Revelation 21. I got one more, I think one more. Yep, one more. Two more after this, but it's early yet. Notice Revelation 21, 14. And the wall of the city, the new city, the new Jerusalem, had 12 foundations. And in them, in the foundations, the names 
of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. What does that mean? Judas' name would have been there in the foundation of the new city. But listen, it's not. It's not there. Because he didn't regard and honor the things of God. Somebody else took his office. Matthias took his office. His name's there. Amen. And you know the thing is, is you don't see Matthias before the upper room. You don't see him after the upper room. But he's there. Why? He honored the things of God. Isn't it interesting? In the Bible, what's highlighted, you see the people highlighted that honored God, and you see the people highlighted that dishonored God. There, there are multitudes that we don't know what happened to them. Right. When, when you read through Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of fame of faith, there are people in there that you wouldn't think, you wouldn't think that they, that, that they had great faith. You wouldn't look at them and think, Jephthah. You know, there's one small chapter dedicated to Jephthah in the book of Judges. One small chapter. And the Bible tells us very little about what he did. But he made the Hebrews Hall of Fame of Faith. Amen. We have unnamed people in Hebrews 11. Women that received their dead back to life. Well, we know some that did. The, the Shunammite woman and others. But it said women. Not just a woman. Women. So there's a number of women that received their dead raised back to life. And they made that Hall of Fame. Why? They honored God. How do I know that? What honors God? What pleases God? Faith. Amen. It's important. You can't expect people to follow someone they don't honor. Uh, let's look here. Acts 13. Can a person recover... If they fall into dishonor. Well, let's look here in the Word of God. Acts chapter 13, verse 13. Now, when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John, John Mark, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. Now, we see this in the King James, departed. Other translation says, here John quit them. Another one says, John deserted them. All right? So, he deserted them. He left them. And the implication is that Mark left when they really needed him. Really needed him. You know, I don't look for anointings and callings on people, I look for how they honor God. Amen. I don't care how anointed you are. If I don't see you honoring the things of God, hear me. Hear me, hear me when I say this. You got zero chance of being put up here. Zero. Amen. Why? No honor for the things of God? Zero chance. Why? Because that's got to grow. That's got to grow. Your honor for the things of God have to grow. 
Yeah, but I'm called. I know I'm called. doesn't matter. Judas was called. Handpicked by Jesus. Jesus looked him in the eye and said, you're one. And yet somebody else took his place. My job is to honor God. And, and what God asks you to do. <laughs> you understand? I was, I was sharing, I was sharing uh, with the praise team. We were talking about things. I'm going to say, just use this as an example. Hear, hear me what I'm saying. Remember the message? Some of you men were here when I preached this message years ago in the men's group called Just Keep Turning Up. Keep showing up. Keep turning up. That, that the, the key was just to keep turning up. And that how my wife and I realized we got to a place in our life early on in the ministry that we realized our time was not ours anymore. Something very simple. We realized we would never have a lazy Sunday afternoon. Amen. There wouldn't be any lazy Sunday mornings at Starbucks with the paper. Right? Right? No, no lazy Sunday afternoons where I don't have to do nothing. I don't have church tonight. I don't have to go nowhere. There is none of that. I realized that. Now hear me when I'm saying this. We settled that. We set that. We, we made that the issue. So I was sharing with them. I was, I was in Branson last week and uh, helping my pastor. And God had, has called us to do that. So in our house, if they call and say, I need to do this, I need to go here, whatever's on the schedule, we change it, we're going. That's, that's how it is. Well, I was, th- I was there all week last week, and so we drove home Friday. I got in Friday evening and unpacked. I got up Saturday morning and repacked and got on the road here. I'm going to preach twice today. I will get up in my car in the morning and go back to Little Rock and preach tomorrow night in Bible school. And then I will preach twice on Tuesday. I've got healing school and I've got to record the message for here Wednesday night. My life is not my own. Well, you know, Pastor, you're a pastor. That's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. God's things and my things are not on the same level. Amen. What God wants me to do is what I'm going to do. Do do you see this? There's not going to be any deserting. If you want to be used by God, show God how important His things are to you. Show God how important His things are to you. Let, 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 Let me hurry. Whew. So Paul, you'll remember... So despised his disregard for the ministry that he demanded that they separate. Acts chapter 15, verse 38, Paul thought not good to take him with them who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them, they departed asunder one from another. Barnabas took Mark and sailed into Cyprus. You see that? Now, 2 Timothy 4. Can you recover? Second Timothy 4 and 11. This is Paul writing to Timothy. And uh, verse 10, he starts off with this gentleman, Demas. And I've got a message called, My Name is Not Demas. 
And he said, for Demas has forsaken me. Why? Love this present world. And has departed the Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take uh, Mark and bring him with you. Why? He's profitable to me for the ministry. What does that mean? You can recover. You can recover. Even if I slipped into dishonor, I can get back. Because he went from being a deserter to profitable. Can we see that in the Amplified Bible, please, sir? You ought to say, that's me. Say, I'm profitable for the things of God. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to see this before we go today. Notice, Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very helpful to me for the ministry. Well, what happened? Barnabas, who is by definition the son of consolation. Remember, we see two things about Barnabas in the Bible. Remember when the uh, apostles, they didn't want anything to do with Paul? Who went and got him? Barnabas. What did he do? Brought him to the apostles. And what did he do? Went in, was the go-between. Right? Vouched for him. Now, I know I'm asking you a lot of questions. Who took Mark when they separated in the book of Acts? Barnabas. What did Barnabas do? Taught him to honor the things of God. And at the end of Paul's life, he's asking for somebody that he didn't even want to be around. <laughs> Isn't that good news? Hallelujah. But it, 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 it starts with, I'm going to honor God and his things. And I'm going to show it with my diligence. I'm going to show it with my regard. I'm going to show it with my time. Amen. It's so important. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes. Just uh, put one hand on your heart. Lift the other one up to the Lord. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. Father, in the name of Jesus, I honor you. I honor your things. I honor what you've asked me to do. Father, help me to have high regard for your things, for your ideas, for your desires, for my life. Help me to honor you in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When our time becomes more valuable to God, He'll help us redeem it. The Bible tells us in uh, the days that we're living in that what will happen is that people will be overcome with care and the book of Luke uses the word surfeiting. And the word surfeiting is just simply this. It's an undue emphasis on self. And that's what we see so much of today. How's that going to affect me? What about me? What about this? What about that? I want to do this. I want to do that. 
overemphasis on self. God doesn't care if you have 14 cars. He doesn't care if you have five houses. Doesn't care what you have in your bank account, how much you have. That's not the issue. God doesn't care if you have a great job. As long as those things don't take away from his honor. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Say it out loud. Say, Father, I commit my life. I commit my things to the honor of you and the honor of your name. Everything I have, you did it. You gave it to me. You blessed me. You healed me. You delivered me. Now help me to honor you with my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand up today, shall we? I believe the Lord has helped us. Hallelujah. Of course, we'll be back at 6 o'clock tonight if you can be with us. If you can't be here, please join us online. We've got some good things to say tonight. I believe God. Amen. Be uh, uh, praying for our, of course, our meetings coming up uh, on Wednesday with Brother Jesse Duplantis uh, in Little Rock. So we're excited about what God's doing there. And uh, hallelujah. All hands on deck. That's our season. That's where we're at. Amen. We can use everybody we got and everybody that's not yet involved, we can use you too because we got a lot going on. And so we, we praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, come on, say it with me this morning, would you? The vision of our church will always be to build people's faith and frame their world by the Word of God. You and I will always be world changers. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at main at buildfaith.net. This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God.